Welcome to Funding the Dream, a Game Whisperer podcast for Kickstarters. I'm Richard Bliss, the Game Whisperer and the host of Funding the Dream, and you're listening to episode 40 of our show. Today I have a special guest. You know, every week, every actually every episode, I say I have a special guest, and I do. I'm so thrilled to be able to invite some of the, the people who have tremendous influence in our industry, in the board game industry. This episode is no different. I have with me Peter Atkinson. Uh, Peter is the former CEO of Wizards of the Coast, who um, published the Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, and D&D series. And then in 2002, uh, purchased and became the owner, CEO, and chairman of Gen Con. He's currently the chairman of Gen Con, and he joins us here on the show. Peter, thank you for being here. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a thrill. Uh, you have been in the industry for a long time and have had a tremendous impact on uh, on the game industry as a whole and the, and the experience beyond gaming. Gen Con, you've owned Gen Con for quite a while, and you must have a lot of fun with that. Oh, well, I love Gen Con. You know, I, I became a big fan of Gen Con and clear back in 1992 when I went there the first time with Wizards selling uh, the Primal Order and, uh, it, it, you know, and then we released Magic there in 1993. So I have a lot of fond memories of Gen Con. And so uh, years later, when uh, after I sold Wizards to Hasbro and Hasbro decided after that to divest some of its businesses, it uh, gave me a call and said, hey, uh, do you want to buy Gen Con? And I said, uh, absolutely, I'd love to. So uh, we did the deal really quick. I bought it in 2002, and um, I, I ran it myself for a few years, and then I turned it over to Adrian Swartout, who's done a fabulous job as CEO uh, for the last three years, and um, uh, still the majority shareholder, and and uh, and, and I, I love it. And now I just do the best parts, like you know, show up for the photo op and <laughs> play games and have fun and be an ambassador. That's right, play games, and that's the key part. Now, now you, in between your game playing and having fun, you have just kind of decided to go off and do a little bit of an adventure and pursue a, a new passion of yours. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, actually, just this last Monday, I it was my first day of school. I went back to school uh, at the Seattle Film Institute to uh, learn how to make uh, video and film uh, productions. And, uh, you know, I've always been fascinated with that medium. As a boy, I wanted to make movies. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's don't, you know, sort of your... Your, your thing you're passionate about in addition to games. And then uh, recently I started exploring around with different ideas of how I could um, take games. Uh, it's it, it just like this flood of ideas about making video uh, around role-playing games and, and for and board games and card games and, and or interesting even drama or comedy that would be of interest to essentially the, the average Gen Con customer or the, or the average gamer that you would find at a game store. And uh, so, so, and in particular, I'm I'm very very excited about trying to figure out: is it possible to film a role playing game and make it interesting to watch? And and there are actually some really good examples of it online. And uh, I'd like to learn how to do this well and go around the industry and capture on video uh, some of the famous game designers uh, in our industry because most of them are you know we've lost Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson but most of the next generation are still alive and still active. And I'd love to capture these guys on video running their, their games. So that's one of the ideas I have. And uh, we'll, we'll, maybe I'll have a Kickstarter campaign to fund me traveling around and uh, doing that. Well, I think, uh, I think that's an awesome idea. And the Kickstarter part of that, I think you'd have a lot of interest. I know that I would back that type of thing. I'd be very interested in just seeing the, 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 the thought that goes behind some of your favorite RPGs to see 
you know, sometimes we don't get a chance to sit down with those people and play with them, right? Everybody doesn't get to come to Gen Con and do a breakfast with Tracy Hickman and play an RPG with him. Uh, but to be able to see other people as they go through that cr- process of being creative in their own game, how how thrilling that would be for the fans of, yeah. of the of the uh, of the genre. I think it would be. I think it'd be great to get you know you, you get somebody like Greg Stafford or you, okay, run Glorantha as or or Pendragon, run Pendragon, but again and as it as you did when it first came out. And what was interesting about it compared to the context at the time? So do a, a do a little bit of a documentary style interview at the same time, uh, and that's what happens. But but right now I'm just focusing on trying to develop the skill of, of how do you film a role-playing game in action and make it interesting. Obviously, you got to cut a lot of stuff because you want to get rid of all the boring debates about the rules. you got to cut it down <laughs> to the action and, you know, add some good visuals. And, uh, it, you know, and, but, but there are some examples uh, uh, on, on YouTube and stuff of, of people doing some interesting uh, filming in this area. I, what what uh, what game have you played where people argue about the rules in an RPG? I I haven't had that experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you well, talking pretty about? Much, pretty much any one of them published before the last ten years, let's say. Okay, and let's and you have been in a, a gamer and involved in the game space for many years. Uh, tell us, and and you're you enjoy the RPG space, and that's what we're here to talk about today is mm-hmm. Kickstarter and RPGs and that type of thing. But give me an idea. Do you have some favorites? From the past on the RG, RGP, uh, RPG space, what are some of your sure, favorites? Sure, Well, I, you know, I was uh, deeply, deeply committed to Dungeons and Dragons for many, many years. Uh, you know, and so I, I actually kind of missed some of the early uh, uh, games that came on after Dungeons and Dragons. Like I was never big in Hero and GURPS and Rollmaster and, and some of these, and and I kind of regret it. I, I, I feel like I missed out on a piece, and I've, I've gone back and tried to pick some of those up and um and i i started i didn't really start diversifying my role-playing interest until around the year 2000 and then it was the you know the indie rpg scene uh, captured my imagination I, I think sorcerer was the first game i played that uh that wasn't D that made me sit up and go oh wow okay i there is a whole new world here of of how a lot of the basic assumptions about what an RPG uh, was got in, getting turned on its head, right? And so then I went, you know, my life with Master and uh, Inspectors. Uh, uh, I play a lot of Burning Wheel now. Uh, I love Fiasco, uh, Dogs in the Vineyard. Oh, what an incredible setting that has! You know, it just so I, I have become. I, I love the indie RPG scene, and uh, but I still love Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, sure. look forward to seeing what Fifth Edition looks like and uh, see where it goes. Okay. Well, that's, uh, I know our listeners are going to be very interested to hear that list that you just rattled off so extensively, and I think some of them probably aren't familiar with some of those pieces. They'll, they'll, they'll go and do some uh, Googling to find those and track those down. Let's talk about uh, the changes in the industry, because you kind of have alluded to there's been these, these phases in the game industry, these, uh, these mm-hmm. eras, I guess is one way right. to approach it. Uh, and, and we're kind of... And the reason I've invited you on the show is because I think you have an interesting insight because you've you've lived through these eras and been so heavily involved. Is that I feel like we're in this new era that there's suddenly there's this new energy that's in the RPG community and it's being driven. It appears to be being driven by Kickstarter. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I I think you're absolutely right, and I um, definitely. <laughs> okay, well let's talk. Yeah, about, yeah. Let, let's talk about that because. Um, let me share some stats with our, our listeners. 
Uh, yes. So far, in the first six weeks of 2012, there's been about $300,000 raised on Kickstarter that has been successfully funded. That's actually money that has been successfully pledged, and the project actually made it to its funding goal, and the money's ended up in the pockets of the, of the project owner. $300,000. Of that, about 40 to 45% of that has been the board game space, yet uh, 30% of it, 30, 36%, I, I think, a full one-third has been RPGs, which is different than last year. In 2011, uh, it was a much smaller percentage. Now, I know we're only, in, you know we're only in the first couple of months of the year and things change, but it was interesting to see so much interest early on and I have kind of dubbed 2012 the year of the, of the RPG on Kickstarter because I think that I was seeing a trend at the end that's starting to kick in. So let me just share some more stats. And that is, that means of the 300,000, more than 100,000 of that has been RPG successfully funded projects. Now, when you take card games and board games and look at their success rate, they're right in line with what Kickstarter says is normal project. That is about 46% of the projects succeed, less than half. But when you look at RPGs, that number is way out of whack. 83% of RPGs so far this year have successfully funded, and that's $100,000. And some, I, some people would argue, hey, it's a smaller price point. They don't have to make as much money. True. But on average, they're close to $10,000 per project that is succeeding. That's still, that's still a lot of money. I mean, that's still a lot of money on a Kickstarter project where people are kind of giving you a little bit of money. So there we go. There's the stats. There's yep. our setting. That's what we're looking at. What do you think could be contributing to this sudden surge with the interest around RPGs? Well, I think the um, uh, I I don't know how a lot of these projects. Uh, I mean, I think part of it comes back back to the pledge goals and, and what you get uh, for, for pledging money. And I don't know what the baseline is across the rest of Kickstarter. But I think in the world of RPGs, there's a great opportunity for the fans to get really involved with the the designer slash publisher and i and i and i, I think in most of these cases it, it's most of these rpgs are self-published right i mean wizards isn't raising money on kickstarter it's right. it's somebody like you know uh steve long you know or luke crane or jared Sorensen is out and and these are you know one or two person shops and uh they don't uh often small businesses run out of people's homes and they're and it is the designer who's saying i'm going to design this game and if you help me get it to print, uh, you know, well, first of all, it, it becomes a pre-order for the game itself. Yeah. Uh, not not yep. some esoteric project that uh, w wasn't it nice to do it. You're going to get the game, and and then, uh, uh, but if you pledge more, uh, I see a lot of these have uh, credits. Have um, your character uh, gets it gets into the the product, and uh, or in the case of like Steve Long's uh, Kickstarter, I saw that his his top two thousand dollar the the secret behind, you know, the, the power behind the throne level right. of, of pledging was that he would fly anywhere in the United States and run this game for you and your friends. So, uh, wow, okay, I mean that's that's cool. That if you're, is cool. If you're a, if you're a gamer, um, so that the gaming, the role playing game community is pretty small. It's very social. I mean, that's what role playing games are. Role playing games are distinct from all these other games, and one really important factor, and that is that they're not. The game's primary uh, thing is not about competition. It's about socializing. It's role playing. It, it's about uh, and so I think role players become very social. They they crave that connection to the designer. I I'm really well established in role playing games. Obviously, having 
been behind Dungeons and Dragons uh, for a long time. But I crave that from my peers as well. I, I would love to play, you know, in any opportunity to play in a game by, you know, uh, a Luke Stafford or Luke, Luke Crane or, you know, Ken Height or, you know, if any right. of these guys are running a game, I want to be there, you know, so, I, so I want to play. So did you pledge the $2,000 for Stafford? No, I didn't do the 2000 I By the time I saw it, it was already funded. Oh. And it was already taken. <laughs> Steve's going to be was- kicking himself. <laughs> No, he got it. Somebody else did. I don't know who did it, but I mean, it's it's. Uh, uh, I, I have had a couple of cases where uh, I I kickstarted with Jared Sorensen Seaward and got my name in there as a character. I I supported Monty Cooks and uh, Jim Page. Their Geek Secrets. I don't know if that's really classified as role playing, but it's um it's a video there. He's a famous role playing designer, so I, I I counted it. So this that bonding that you can get with a designer, I think that's I think that's a big part of it. Okay, that's a, and that's a very interesting perspective you have. Uh, and I, I would put that down as one of the three things that we're seeing that's unique because the, the number one is, is that um, you've already identified it. RPGs are social. Um, it's kind of a cooperation. You're kind of competing, but really it's all or nothing. You're kind of in that together. So uh, that means there's already a support group established for so many of these RPG spaces, right? It's not like if I have an RPG, you can't play it by yourself. Right. So there's people yeah. out there, when you right. come up with a Kickstarter campaign around an RPG, there's usually some kind of built-in group, even if it's only just a couple of people that form the nucleus sure. of, the, of sure. the energy to keep that thing sure. going and show the passion. Sure. The second sure. one is is that you're seeing a lot of RPGs come out with some fantastic artwork. Right, right, right. Uh, I've seen some that I'm, uh, I'm not interested in the RPG, but, uh, man, I'm really interested in the artwork and what they're showing. Right. Well, like like the guy who uh, said, hey, TSR lost my all, all my art for uh, when I did art for Deities and Demigods. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm blanking on the name. But the guy said, hey, he did a Kickstarter, generated a bunch of money, redrew all his originals. And then he, he was having so much success, he came on to the Kickstarter and said, here, I'll, I'll do some more art. I, there, there were some deities that never got illustrated. I, I'll do those, too. And, you know, give me some more money. And everybody's piling it on. And, and, you know, wow, that's awesome, you know. And so I think what he also did there was he leveraged off of an IP that people knew. I mean, there's a lot of latent goodwill and love within the the gamers, especially the older gamers, the ones like me who've been around since and playing these games since the 70s. There's we remember the original deities and my gods. I mean, we remember that book. My book, my, my deities and my God book, that one that I bought, well, it was probably, I think, 81 or something. That book is, I still use it. I just took it to a game last week. <laughs> and I swear, I can, you know, I can remember the, the, I can remember the smell of it when I opened it for the first time. Yeah. And the sound of yeah. the pages. It's just, wow. Yeah. Because it was, yeah. we were, we were, it was such an impressionable time for all of us that were being ex- exposed to this whole new thing as, as yes. young people. Whether yeah. we were in high school or college or some of the listeners were, well, some of the listeners weren't even born yet. But nothing personal against you guys. So, yes, uh, we've got this, this, this feeling of uh, nostalgia that's kicking in for some of these older RPGs that are coming out as yes. well. And yeah. it's interesting because that nostalgia means that we might not have the time, but we mm-hmm. have the money. Right. Which is why somebody will pay $2,000 to take the well, time. And it- and, and I think that brings up an, another point, uh, Richard. The, the, um, there's a, an opportunity here for the designer or publisher to connect with a portion of their audience who has more money. 
where so if you publishing, I don't know what you know, like uh, if you're publishing a role playing book that's going to retail for twenty or thirty bucks, and your the traditional mindset is you would make a thousand of these books or five hundred of these books or whatever, and you know you do the math at some, you know, sell that many at twenty bucks a piece, okay? And and actually, if you're going to sell through through distribution, it's going to be a lot less. Well, so each of those customers is 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 forking out twenty or thirty bucks. What about the customer who would love to be more than willing to to uh, to give you a hundred dollars right. or five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars if 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 because he loves your book or she loves your book so much or is such a big fan of you as a designer just just give a little bit more and 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 they're there so so it's that economics that 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 business model of capturing that incremental revenue from your customer who is willing to pay more for more value for more. Uh, and back patronage of the arts is really what you're talking about oh thank you that's exactly what it is yep. it's patronage of the arts that's that, what it is that that's exactly what it is it's totally what it is and this art is written art drawn yep. art experience art drama art and and as you move into your film uh film side of your uh career here the capturing that art uh, on yeah. video forms yet another medium that we enjoy this art and that uh, and I think that's what Kickstarter has done and and I think that's why RPGs are connecting last year board games really just took off uh, and this year I think the the RPG community is realizing that it's not about making money it's about funding the experience so that I can keep enjoying this so that I'll give you money so that you can keep giving me my experience right right, right. Very cool. So let's, uh, we only have a few minutes here as we wrap up. So let's talk about your Kickstarter project that you have announced on my show, which mm -hmm. is yeah. uh, Peter Atkinson running around the country uh, filming people playing games. Yes, yes. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think. So is that, if I announce the Kickstarter project, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. The, uh, announcing the, the, the forecast that I will do a Kickstarter project, yes. Um, so what? Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, I I would love to go around and catch famous game designers uh, running their games and explaining why that game uh, uh, took some traction. Why why is it that that game broke through and, and rose above the else during its time? Whether it was thirty years ago or whether it was last year, um, try to, and and I guess in, in collectively this becomes some sort of documentary. Documentary. But it's documentaries have a yeah a boring stigma. Okay, yeah. I mean a lot yeah. of them are good. Yeah. But what yeah. you're doing is okay. Okay, yeah. Edit, edit. We won't include that in the Kickstarter <laughs> title. Uh, this capturing just... capturing great moments of role playing uh, history. Right. Here. I think we could do that, yeah. and uh, let, yeah. we'll have some fun with it. I can't wait to see that, yeah. and uh, we'll follow up with that. You know, thank you so much for twenty Absolutely. minutes goes by so fast, um, but I appreciate you taking the time sitting Absolutely. down, sharing your passion, because it's obvious there. And if anybody hasn't had the chance, by all means, they should set a date. It's like, uh, it's like the, the pilgrimage, right? They sh everybody right. needs to make that trek to Gen Con in Indianapolis. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, when's yep. the date this year? August 16th to 19th. August 16th to Indianapolis. Love to have you. Absolutely. Love to have you. Uh, and if, if you see Peter with the camera, he'll be, uh, he'll be filming and... Uh, ham it up. Ham it ham up. It up. Peter, That's right. Peter, thanks again for being on Absolutely. the show. You, Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yo, you're welcome. You've been listening to okay. Funding the Dream, a Game Whisperer podcast for Kickstarters. I'm Richard Bliss, and my guest has been Peter Atkinson, the uh, owner of Gen Con, the former CEO of Wizards of the Coast. We've talked about uh, the RPGs and Kickstarter and the impact that it's having, and 
And uh, we've had just a lot of fun talking about uh, this change that we're seeing, this, uh, this kind of renaissance in the RPG space. Thank you for listening. You know, as, as a listener, I hope that you have been inspired. I love the emails and the tweets that I receive from, uh, from you and the, the fact that you have enjoyed the guests that I have on and the content that I provided. So thank you very much for um, giving that feedback. Get inspired. Listen to what Peter's done and the chances that he's, he's pursuing. Listen to your own heart and go out and, and let's see your dream because we want to fund it and help you ha- uh, realize your dream. Thank you for listening. Take care.